Hi, it's David Aver with the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast. So how do you create an effective, empowered, connected community of business leaders not hampered by distance? How do you harness technology to disseminate information, engage in relevant, provocative conversation? And how do you attract and build the world's most trusted network of business leaders? It's CEO Maverick, best-selling author and global business celebrity Jeffrey Hazlett on the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast, back in 20 seconds. You're listening to the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast with David Averin, featuring candid conversations with some of the most influential leaders in business today. Sit back and listen in, or feel free to watch the video version online. This is the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast, and here's David Averin. Hi, and welcome to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. My name is David Avern. I appreciate you joining in. If you are watching the video version, which is on my website, of course, at davidavern.com, or on my YouTube channel, of course, all of the audio platforms, first and foremost, the C-Suite Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of those things as well. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about building community, but I also want to talk about sort of the financial model behind that. You know, I think everybody in business is, is working hard at, at looking at what are some of the alternative models, what's happened during COVID, uh, how much of what we've learned during that time in terms of, of working digitally, working remotely, buying digitally and remotely and all of that as well. But there's also a disconnect that comes from that. Uh, there are a few people who have more mastered carefully um, anticipated and built networks that create community, that create conversation, and aren't hampered by that kind of distance. So I'm thrilled to be joining joined today by actually the chairman of the C-Suite Network, the C-Suite Radio that we are on, or those who are watching it on C-Suite Television as well, Jeffrey Hazlett. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. It's good to, good to be here, and thank you for the kind of content that you put out there to the community, because and I've been watching your numbers. They've been soaring. So they're very popular. It's good, good content. I appreciate you got good content. You get good listeners, good viewers, and you're doing that. So it's a fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that. And for those who are, who are unfamiliar, and there's probably at least three people out there who, who don't know <laughs> who Jeffrey Hazlett is. He is the, he's a primetime television host of the C-Suite uh, C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett, Executive Perspectives and C-Suite Television, Business Podcast Host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. I've seen you on the big marquee there in Times Square. Uh, yeah. Global Business. That wasn't Photoshop, by the way. That was not Photoshop. A lot of people Photoshop that stuff. My stuff's real. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I saw it on there. Yeah, I think a lot of people have Photoshopped themselves on billboards and whatever else, but seeing that 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 big face, that mug on the on the screen, that's that's gotta feel great as well. He's also um well-traveled, uh public speaker, hall of fame speaker. Uh, I was there in the room when you were awarded that. Um, and then of course, the authors of great best-selling books, The Hero Factor, um, Think Big, Act Bigger. I remember that was a big one. Um, Running the Gauntlets and of course, The Mirror Test. So there we go. There's some of the, the background as well. So people understand all of that. Give us a sense of what your business is and all the different facets, almost the, the, the Ted Turner of South Dakota, um, of all the things <laughs> that you're involved in. And then I wanna dig deeper. And for those who are listening or watching this, um, I wanna talk about sort of creating um, not only a, a membership community, but what attracts, what keeps them, what what keeps them engaged in all of that, and then a little bit about the financial model, because you know, you it, for those of us who speak, we don't talk about, you know, we're not selling speeches. Of course, we're selling wisdom, and that wisdom can be delivered across a variety. Yeah, of you're platforms. not a speaker. A speaker is right. a tool. Yeah, you're 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 but, really but are we selling also your creating, 
Yeah, but it's also creating conversation and yeah. where it isn't reliant on you and your participation. You're creating vehicles and venues for a lot of that communication to happen. So, so backing up again, tell me a little bit about your structure of your business right now and the things that you're involved in. Yeah, it, uh, the C-suite network is the overall thing. You want to look at it like a giant sequoia tree. And underneath, the, when you ever walk into sequoia forest, redwood forest, you know, you see these huge trees with these giant, you know, canopies. And underneath the canopy is this lush ecosystem. And that's what the C-suite network is. Just like other ecosystems out there, like Facebook or LinkedIn or Amazon, where they, they create a platform or this giant, I call it the sequoia effect, this sure. giant canopy and underneath this is this lush ecosystem. And that's what the C-suite network is. It's a trusted community because what we do is we vet it. You know, you have to be a VP or greater in order to come into the group. It could be of any size business because whether you're a, a, a business on Main Street in Sioux Falls, South Dakota or on Wall Street, there's really no difference between the businesses other than just zeros, the scale of which you operate. Sure. You know, the, the, but the same problems, same issues over and over and over, whether you're an entrepreneur with a new startup or billion dollar company. And then, you know, inside this trusted community is what we do is we help people take their content and services and help them to grow it by their influence, their reach, right? Knowledge, skills, and of course their lives in the end, because we, you know, we got to have a well rounded individual or people or executives or you don't have a life and right and then we help people with it we we've seen a lot of of people sort of fail and maybe, maybe from my perspective failing in terms of creating networks that just become gigantic business card exchanges uh, of networking you've yeah, created you've created a network more in, in the sense of of a network of, of of content creation and dissemination and communication and connection in that way what's different about it why is it working so well well, it's all about the give. I mean, so for all of us there, it's not about the take, it's about the give. Most networks that you see, these belly rubbing networks have been around since the 40s and 50s and 60s. Yeah. That's what they've been. They've been, they haven't updated, they haven't done anything new for decades. All right. And we've studied this a great deal. And of course, I've been a member of those networks as well. But what I found lacking was, first of all, discerning who gets to come in, one. So it has to have some criteria for you to be there, some commonality, a purpose and, you know, of sameness, of being a tribe. And if it's just anybody that can come in, well, that's not, that's not cool, okay? Not that I'm trying to be exclusive to anyone. I'm just trying to say there's got to be a purpose. Like, I want to be sure that when I talk to somebody across from me, they know what I'm talking about, that we have some commonality. And then second is I want people who are givers. The first thing you have to do is come in and tell me what your give is. We said, somebody says, what do you mean? I said, you got to give before you get. And if you don't come in with that spirit of what can I do for you? How can I help you? What can we do together? Well, then you're just going to be sitting there with a catcher's mitt waiting for business to come or waiting for things to come your way. Then you're a taker. And if you're a taker, go go take it somewhere else. And right. so, or, or, or even hounding others for that kind of business. I think it's one of the oh, things totally. that you look at the have dichotomy. Class. Yeah, yeah, have, have some class. Some yeah. of the, the dichotomy of 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 resource right now, like LinkedIn and others, which is, it's, yeah. it is the tale of two cities from a content dissemination perspective. It's pretty good, pretty good for connecting. But in terms of communication, it's horrific. Anybody who, who you accept as a connection will pitch you within nine seconds. Yeah, and so, it's dig digital vomit. I mean, yeah. that's really truly what it is. I mean, they're just getting it out there to more people faster. That doesn't make it any better. And so, you know, what we want to do is like most executives, I want to know who you are, what you do, how you do it, the way in which you do it, what brings us together, what are our common, you know, common connections, what are our common goals, what are our conditions of satisfaction, 
And these are the things that we want to know before we, you know, jump into bed together. Sure. You know, and as opposed to the other ones are, hey, let's just, you know, can we date? You know, they, they got a great pickup line and that's what they do. And it's a bad it's a bad experience. And so, you know, like most people who are professional speakers, authors and any business leader, we're trying to figure out how to make money in our sleep, you know. And that's truly what we've done with C-Suite Network was to create a network of other networks and bring people together and bring more of those networks in in order to have a commonality of purpose. And so right. that's that's really truly what we try to do. But in, in terms of long-term engagement, and of course, one of the things for anybody who's building a membership community, um, churn is a big issue, right? You know, it, you can bring them in, but how do you keep them engaged? And I think it's one of the things that you do masterfully. And I, and I will, it, all, uh, you know, everything on the table, I'm a part of it because I, because I derive the benefit from that. But Tell me about the different structure. Talk to me about C-Suite Radio. Talk to me about C-Suite Television. Um, one of the things that I appreciate is not only do you have these great vehicles and venues to, to broadcast these kinds of great conversations, but you're adding new elements all the time. And new listeners and new advertisers and new everything. So, you know, again, what, you, what we're trying to do is be the platform. Like C-Suite Radio, you can come and bring your podcast or we'll help you start a podcast. Again, the new business right now, if we haven't learned during COVID, is, is that days are weeks, weeks are months, months are years. And you've got to be able to connect digitally. If you don't have a digital platform for your business, you're dead. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. There's a huge shift. And with that, how do you get known? How does someone find you? And how do they trust that you are who you are? Well, to do that, one of the best ways is content. And what, I don't care the way, whether you're a dry cleaner or you're a billion dollar business or a speaker, an author, a coach, a trainer, someone who's a thought leader, you have to be found and you have to have a voice to get it out there. Podcasting is a perfect example of that. It's an easy, relatively easy thing to get started, relatively cheap to get started, doesn't take much. And quite frankly, now with technology, this is now a TV show. Sure. So you now can do that and put it on Apple TV and Roku and Amazon Fire, maybe even one of the airlines or in our broadcast network that we have as well uh, to go out to broadcast in homes, which we do every single Sunday. You know, so there's lots of different ways to be able to do that. But the most important thing is to realize I've got content. I can teach people, whether I'm a dry cleaner, how to remove spots, what's the best thing to do, how to how to be the, the owner of your category and then be found and then get that out to your tribe or your followers your fans, your customers, because that's the way we're now consuming information. We've always done it that way, right? We've right. always, you know, have been a group of people who like to do certain things in, in a certain way. Like the other day, I'm looking for a rear sight for my Crossman 1377 pump pellet gun, okay? The, the, the thing is missing. I went online and there are form after form after form of people Great. who are fans of this pellet gun. And I'm going, that's the nature of the internet. That's the nature of digital is no matter what it is, you can find a group of people who want to meet about it. And so again, what we've done is been able to do that inside the C-suite with trusted executives and then give you the tools that you need to be successful. That's talk, it. Talk to me about the difference between sort of the passive content. I mean, we've seen the tremendous growth of YouTube and some of the other things as well. Anything, as you said, anything you want to know, you can find videos to learn how to do it. Right. My son is 17 years old and he's, he was explaining to me non-fungible tokens on the way to get our, our COVID shot the other day. NFTs. And, uh, NFTs. Yeah, Dad, Dad, you need an NFT. And I'm like, 
how do you know about this? Dad, I said, watch I said, I thought you were watching Breaking Bad. He said, Dad, I got done with that a long time ago. I, he watches videos. He wants to be an entrepreneur. He's graduating high school and he can learn anything. But what's different that what we're seeing through podcasting and others is, is a more active engagement in some of that content. Tell me a little bit more well, about your philosophy around well, that. Content's king, activation's queen, and that's used to be where it ends. But the next thing is the context is the kingdom. So how do you get that message in front of the people who are best going to receive it and want to receive it and are ready to engage with you? And that context is important. So for most business people, putting stuff on YouTube ain't going to get you where you want to go. Because how many people business-wise rush to YouTube to go and watch it? So you've got to be where they go. And so that's what you have to kind of see. Not just you have to do it on YouTube, but you have to do it on Apple, Roku, Amazon Fire. And you have to be able to embed it on your website. You have to be able to tweet it out, make it take that piece of content, repurpose it nine different ways, activate it 15 times, and, and that's a week in order to make sure and then continue to do that afterwards so that you can get your voice above all these other people. I mean, there are over 200,000 podcasts in North America alone. Now, people will say, oh my gosh, we're, we're inundated. No, we're not even close. We're not even we're close. Not even close is what it's going to be it's going to be 10 times that number before we're done okay. right but, but isn't that jeffrey isn't that daunting for some who are maybe you're looking yeah. at traditional business models or other else sure and and i know and we have the kind of the same attitudes like okay so yeah. i mean not everybody is jeffrey hazlett not everybody is gary vaynerchuk and being able to crank out that kind of content or having a team behind them demystify it for us yeah well, but let's go back 30 years Let's go back 30 years. What did you have to promote your business? The yellow pages. And so you just had a bigger yellow page than somebody else. And then you did this, then you did this, then you did this. Get over it, get over it. Quit whining about that stuff. You're always gonna have something that's gonna be bigger and more daunting. It's called change, adapt, or die. It's very simple for your business, all right? And, and you, you can give up and that, that's fine. There's a lot of people that do, but there are those that succeed at it and do it really well. So find out how to do that and get it done. That's right. our job. That's it, our job. It is. Let, let's talk about the missing link, though. Even for those who find some vehicle and venue to be able to, you know, to, to broadcast their message, to be able to, and it takes practice, right, to get better, to be able to have those kinds of conversations. Um, you and I are both guests on other people's podcasts often, and some of those are fairly stagnant, or they want you to provide the questions. And I, I just like having a great, robust conversation, invite people to listen in, even as people learn to do that. How do they get beyond feeling like they're talking to the void, talking to an empty audience with ones of listeners? Um, That's okay. But if building, an, one, building an audience listeners is okay, though, David, ones of listeners is if it's the right listeners. I mean, how many real deals do you have to have in a given year? I mean, the way that most business people should use the podcast is how to be able to reach the audience that they want to reach, not worry about being famous. You know, this isn't a game of eyeballs and ears anymore. It's a game of hearts and minds. And so what can I do to capture the hearts and minds of the people that are most interested in what I do or what you do or what we sell? That's it. That's the game. Game, set, match. And I don't need thousands of them. I'll give you an example. I was with the CMO of a major, major company. And we were putting together a package. And I said to him, here's what it's going to cost, $2.5 million. And right next to him was the advertising person who said, well, how many clicks is that? And I said, wrong effing question. And they said, what do you mean? Okay, I didn't say effing, by the way, and you know me. You know, right. I didn't say that. And, and I turned to the CMO and I said, how many sales do you have to have in order to pay for that two and a half million? He goes, 35. 
Oh, no, actually, he said seven. He said seven, seven sales. I said, but how many leads? He said 35. I said, those are qualified leads. He said, absolutely. I said, I guarantee it. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I own the media. If I own the media, I can keep running what you're doing over and over and over again until you get those numbers of leads. I said, now, what happens if I make that 70 leads and 14 sales? Are you going to double my money? He goes, no. I said, then shut up and write me the check, which he did. And so, again, this isn't about, this is a major, major company selling enterprise solutions. They didn't need thousands of people as the advertiser wanted or millions of clicks. All they needed was the right seven. Don't, so don't we, we get hung up on vanity metrics? Um, oh, I mean, totally. isn't, isn't that one totally. of the biggest problems? Because we're, whether we're, our kids looking at TikTok or anything else, how many clicks, how many whatever else. I, I think Instagram was even talking about, about eliminating being able to see how many people give a thumbs up or whatever else. Vanity metrics are messing with people's minds. Totally, totally. But I don't care. You know, if you don't, I mean, I had somebody watch following Richard Branson and I around said, Jeff, I don't care about your post. I said, then quit watching me. Quit following me. I don't care. You know, it, it's for the folks that I want to do. I write for my family. I write for my, you know, my audience, my, my fans. And I keep one's a personal side and one's my public side. You know, my personal side, my, you know, you see me picture, posting pictures about my grandbabies and yeah. family and stuff like that. And well, on my public side, I don't do that because eh, I don't need some weird guy looking at my grandkid. So, you know, things like that, which I do get from time to time. So, you know, yeah, I think the vanity stuff, but you got to get over yourself. You got to get, I mean, you got to move past that. That's not what it should be about. It should be about the engagement. It should be about the richness. It should be about the things that, that keep people coming back. You know, you were talking about, you know, especially with customer service, customer care, it's about nurturing. How do you nurture relationships? How do you make them of value? And that's, that's where we try to focus the conversations is around that real value, the richness of the conversations, the richness of the actions that we can take as a result of those conversations and the content that we put out there. So we're very content rich. I mean, we're doing, you know, we got over 400 podcasts now. Uh, I don't know how many episodes, but you know, we grew by 450% in listeners, 120% in shows last year, 137% in new podcast shows on C-Suite radio episodes. And we're past, we're going past those numbers this year. And it's the TV. largest network, isn't it? Oh, we're the world's largest business podcast network. Yeah. And, and advertisers, I, I need more, I need more shows and I need more listeners because I got more advertisers that want to put money in than I got, got those right now. So good problem for me to have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but and a, and a good thing for our podcasters, because I, I split that money with our podcasters. You know, every time we do play an ad, I split that money with them. We're talking to Jeffrey Hazlett, chairman of the C-Suite Network, author, speaker, everything else as well. So talk to me about the network. Talk to me about, about creating that, that constant engagement. This is one of the things that really intrigues me. Uh, I, I'm super impressed with what's going on with the podcast. Um, I'm working to, to build my audience and, and to find interesting people all the time to interview as well. But I like the structure behind it. I like... Uh, that I receive a notification every week of here's all the things that are going on. I, I, a lot of people will have a vision, whether it's I'm going to do a blog and then they do it five times and then they forget it and never come back. Or they say, I'm going to create this community, but they never visit their own community. And it, it by definition fails to become a community because people stop being engaged. How do you um, engender the kind of, of loyalty, the active engagement that keeps people engaged, which also coincidentally, not so coincidentally, um, keeps the revenue flowing because yeah, people no, are part yeah. of something that works. What's the yeah, philosophy we, I mean, behind it? How that, does it roll out? 
Yeah, because we invite everybody to come be our guest if you are qualified. That's for us. Come once, great. You're our guest. Come twice, you're our guest. Hey, third time, you better bring a hot dish, which means you need to join. You need to get involved at some level. Otherwise, we need to move on because, again, we want to focus on those people who are trusted executives who have opted in and make sure. Now, we have 350,000 opt-in executives that have opted in the network, but about you know 10,000 people that are paying at some level involved in the network. And which is fabulous. But the key thing is to is to keep measuring their engagement, okay? Measuring their conditions of satisfaction around the value that they're getting, and then also making sure that we're nurturing that along the way. So just I look at it just like a waiter does at a restaurant or a, or a bar. When I walk into certain bars, they know what I like to drink, and that scotch is on the table before my butt hits that chair. Okay, that is service. That's what we try to do. You know, your job as an executive is to be the, not the smartest person in the room. We like to think that we are sometimes, but we're not. Our real job as an executive is to be the most strategic person in the room, the person leading the business and the source of above at 35,000, 40,000 feet, look down and decide what the things we got to do. So our job is to do those things that will help you do that. And that's indeed what we do. So we really focus in on what our conditions of satisfaction are with each of our members and how we're supposed to do that at different levels. And so everybody comes into our network as, an, as, a, as a same member. Everybody's an executive. I don't care whether you're the small business, big business, everybody's an executive. Sure. Now, now what community, what group, what affinity would you like to get involved with? If you look at what we do, we're a mastermind. We're a massive mastermind. We just charge in different ways. And I'm not trying to teach you the secrets behind door number one or door number two, door number three. I'm trying to solve your problems, whatever they might be, and how best to serve you. And that's how we focus it and frame all of our discussions is what problem are we solving for someone who uses, wants to use podcasts, someone who wants to use TV, someone who wants to use a blog, someone who wants to build their own community, someone who wants to use digital marketing, SEO, and all the other things that we offer or help to package or partner with others, how to use a book, you know? So again, we go back to those fundamental things about what problem are we helping to solve for you? And if and we so keep- I was gonna say, go tell me real quickly about, about the, the, the communities that you create to achieve that. Yeah. So that everybody finds the room that fits them. Right, so we have a room for podcasters, we have a room for uh, authors, we have a room for advisors, we have a room for CEOs, we have a room for manufacturers, we have room, or, and again, when I say rooms, these are council, peer-to-peer sure. -peer sure. councils. Now, a lot of people would call these masterminds, okay? We actually are creating a mastermind council, which is a, a mastermind of masterminds to help people manage their communities, their affinity groups, their, their fan groups. Their, you, know, you know, David, if you're leading a group, it'd be somebody like for yourself to help you do the job of what you do better for those groups, because there is a way of managing these, you know, and many years ago, I used to be in the association management business. So I've got some of that experience, but associations, in my opinion, are really dead because they can't move with the strength of a network and the, with the strength of a peer council and peer councils are very important. These masterminds, this is a coming together of people like you with a common purpose of helping each other be better at what they do whether it be by geography, by size of business, by industry, or by position, or by some theme of solving a problem, you know, because some are short-lived. We have some councils that are short-lived, and they're focused in on cer certain kinds of things, 
for a, a small time uh, for a shorter period right. of solving time. a specific problem at times yeah solving a one problem and right. and we bring them together and help them solve that and by the way that's those are usually pretty pretty lucrative kinds of councils to form right so how do you strike the balance because i hear the objection in people's minds and i've talked to others about this as well as I don't have time. I have right. no time for something else. And I'll tell you, years ago, I, I worked at, at Children's Hospital here in Denver back in my 20s, and they were rolling out. This was the age of the CQI and the TQM and the total quality management, Six Sigma and all that. And they were rolling out a new program. And I remember one of the nurses from the back said, I don't have time. I don't have time for another initiative. I don't have time. And the woman's response I thought was brilliant. She says, this isn't about doing more. It's about doing what you're already doing differently. Right. And it's about finding the time to invest in that. But I get invited to networks all the time. It's like, who has time to be in these four hour conversations on? And I'm like, I'm working. So how do you internally have that conversation to to counter that objection? Well, don't come to everything. You can't go to everything. You can't possibly take advantage of all the things that are in front of you. Find the things that are good for you at that moment, that time, based on the other decisions. When someone says they don't have time, it's just they don't see the value of it yet. So let's show you the value of it. And once I show you the value of it, you'll make time for it. Trust me, you'll make time for it very quickly. Right. Well, but, the other thing I love that you do is that you remind us of the value that we missed. Oh, totally. Those who haven't. I mean, that, yeah. I think from a retention perspective, it's a good strategy, isn't it? Well, and plus give you the content so you don't have to miss it. I don't want you to, I don't want you, I want you to have the fear of missing out, but I don't want you to miss out because my job is to help you get to where you need to go. So and sometimes we're so in and heads down and we have the blinders on that we don't have a chance to see out. And yet that's our job. You have to make time for yourself and you have to make time for your growth of you and the business. You have to. That's your job. And we get sometimes so involved in doing rather than, you know, leading. And so this this gives you the opportunity to lead. And it's well, it's well worth the investment. Right. I've never or, and, and sharing and consuming. Oh. And yeah, collaborating, <laughs> it's, it's all of those, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I always say what we're going to do together is we're going to, first of all, we're going to share, we're going to learn, we're going to cheer, and we're going to care. And those are the, the key, key pieces of it. And so inside the C-suite, what we try to do is then do it around three themes. First of all, are we relevant? The groups have to be relevant for each other. They're, the organization as a whole has to be relevant. But when we get down to a CMO group, it has to be relevant for CMOs. Sure. And only for CMOs. It can't be talking about things CFOs want. It's got to be CMOs. So it's got to be relevant. The second thing is we have to help each other with reach. You know, and reach comes in a lot of different ways. Could be context, could be, could be knowledge, could be, you Platforms. know, exposure. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then yeah. And then last but not least, it's got to have reciprocity. There's got to be a payoff for it. Right. And, and so you have and not to, to show- Not to be touchy-feely, but to justify our time. Totally, right? totally. Yeah. And by the way, it, it could be enough touchy-feely that, I mean, look, in these masterminds, in these groups that we get together, these peer-to-peer -peer councils, you know, I've had CMOs who pay $75,000 a year and we get together twice or three times a year with you know, 14, 15 other CMOs, but I will tell you that a good portion of our time is spent on the person. Oh, absolutely. Not, you know, and I've watched, I've watched these massive executives in these rooms, myself included, break down and cry. Yeah. 
and, well, and the breakthroughs. Well, we've talked about this. I'm a former chair with Vistage. And so those, you know, you go into a room, you close the door, you take off the mask and you hash out your biggest challenges. And oftentimes they are personal and behavioral. And when I was talking about touchy feeling, I'm saying it's it's not for the sake of that, but that's all, it's holistic, isn't it? It's part of it. It's we, part we of it. Do I mean, the things that are important. That yeah. The breakthroughs that you have in some cases are always, almost always related to something internally. Why am sure. I yelling at that person? Why am I, why am I reacting this way? Why does, when that Why am I resistant to that? Why am I paralyzed by the yeah. thought of doing that? We hear that a lot from our clients, don't we? Oh, we hear it from everyone. And, but sometimes we have to, my first book was look in the mirror. It's called the mirror test. You know, all the answers that you can find in life are pretty much in the mirror you know, for your business or wherever. And even though we think other people are responsible for it, it's really us. You make that choice. Just like you saying, I don't have time. Yes, you do. You just don't make time. That's sure. your choice. Okay. You've got time. Trust me. You got, you got, you got the same time I got. Okay. You have the same abilities we all have. You just choose not to do that. That's fine. That's not nothing wrong with that. That's so your How choice. much of that is our responsibility as marketers to help people lift their head, to remind them of that and to spark something that says, you know what? Tell me more about that. Well, our ultimate goal as a marketer is the inception of the idea all the way through customer satisfaction. So it is our responsibility, you know, and, and if, if I'm failing to do that, then I'm failing that person. I'm failing that customer, you know? So when I, when I hear someone, and by the way, you and I've had this conversation before and the first once or twice, you told me no about certain things like, no, no, no. Well, I just look at that as, mm, I just got to keep going until I find the yeah, right but our, way. But, our, to but isn't that the nature of this? That ultimately we want, we'll lay out the, the opportunity, but they have to be self-selecting. And the people that are self-selecting, that opt in, are the ones most likely to stay engaged. And we totally. have to serve them, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want everybody. I, right. I mean, I would love to have everybody, but everybody's going to, having everybody was going to be a pain in the ass because I, I, you know, it doesn't make a difference. There are some customers, some partners that we will have that will just be a pain in the rear and just the whites aren't white enough the stripes aren't striping enough whatever it is I used to say that as a printer that you know when people would come I had this one customer and every time she walked in it didn't make a difference what we did how we printed it the way we printed it we were always making we always made a mistake and then one day I just picked up her file and took it to another printer and said I'm giving you this customer this is how much she does a year I'm giving her to you I can't handle her anymore and it became the best customer for him you know, and I had to sure. finally fire that customer. So yeah, you don't want everybody. You but, want we have, but we have to have that conversation, right? In defining who we are as, as a magnet for clients and others. Do we want to cast a broad net and as many people, or do we want to be specified and, and specific in riches and niches? And both models work. It's just what's right for you, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And what you want to do It's well, it's like a lot of times people will come to me and say, Jeff, oh, you've got to do a course. You need to put a course online. Yeah, no, I don't. And I, I could, but I don't want to. And so therefore I'm not, you know, so, you know, it just has to be what you want to do too. You have to have your own conditions of satisfaction and be really good about that. And I, but I do like what you just said, and people need to remember this, be who you want to be, what you want to do and be very clear about that. Cause when you're very clear about that it makes the rest of the stuff easier, makes the rest of the stuff easier. You know. Absolutely. Talking to Jeffrey Hazlett from C-Suite Network, author, all around good guy, bacon lover, uh, and cannon fire. You actually have your own cannon, don't you? Oh, totally. Yeah. Doesn't uh, everybody? Not totally. No, but there is no answer. Totally. I have my own cannon. It's just, sure. yes, I have one or don't. What's I do story? have a cannon. I know. Yeah. What's the story behind that? 
well, because you can. I want always want a cannon, and you, I and so every Fourth of July, I light that sucker up, and the neighbors come over from all over the way, and we, I I let them shoot the cannon off, and they they join the Hazlet uh, Bridge Brigade of the Iverson Crossing Militia, which is the original bridge that you can cross into South Dakota with, and uh, I make them all raise their hands, and they have to have a pledge that they will protect us from Iowa ever in case Iowa ever invades South Dakota. It could you know, happen. You never that know. Could happen. You never know. And if, and, if, and if you've learned anything in military history, you have to protect the bridge. And that's the first thing you have to do. So now the bridge hasn't been used in like 70 years, but none, nonetheless, they, but it, they but moved it, it a couple of years. They moved it many decades ago south of here. And that's the real bridge. But my bridge was the original bridge built in 1873. It, it's the ultimate gauge of success when you say there's something I always wanted. Coming out of college, there was like this motorcycle I always wanted. My first job, I got yeah. it. And then my it became very, very different. And my gauge of success was like, can I have my own Slurpee machine or my own soft serve? Or somebody wanted that favorite pinball machine or something that yeah. they had in college. Anyway, I I'm just knew that was something tra I thought. Tractors on my list. Tractors on my list. Gatling, Gatling gun is on my list because be I have a lot of land and I just, you know, I could do stuff and I like that. I was, I was watching one of the MTV shows or something and they were, you know, cribs or something else about some of the celebrities. And one of them literally bought his own set of full-size Tonka toys, Tonka trucks. And so in oh, his back yeah. lot, he had a dump truck, he had a digger and he just would go back there and blow off steam. I think he also had a helicopter, but he would like dig holes and he would fill another hole and he would push it with this thing. But they were like Tonka trucks, but they were just full size. Yeah, but see, like, if I, that would be cool, but like, I, I would probably put that to good use. Like if you're going to do that, go dig ditches for somebody or something. Yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah, I agree. Don't hey, just do it for fun. I, I'm telling you, listen, it's always it's always a pleasure to uh, to connect with you and and see where things are. Tell us really quickly, a couple of things. Number one, what's next for C-Suite Network? What's next for Jeffrey Hazlett? And then how do they best get in touch with you? Well, thank you so much. We're, we're, we're looking to see what's going to happen for us on post-COVID in terms of getting people back together. First of all, the digital stuff worked. Back when March of 2020, when we first hit, I, I said to most people, listen, we're not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, I can't even sew a mask. But what most of us can do is be business first responders. So what we yeah. did was we moved everything online. We figured it out very quick. We're now hosting hundreds of meetings online as opposed to 100 meetings in person. And so there's going to be a shift to that and a balance. And we got to figure out what that is. So my next big thing is to figure out what that looks like, how it's going to be and the way it's going to be. To me, I think it's going to be much more intimate events, you know, in terms of the learning and gathering and, and uh, the, you know, and so I'm looking for that. That's one. Second and most important is how I can get more content, more content, more content, more content. All right. Uh, more and more people are drinking the Kool-Aid of the content in terms of, you know, wanting and wanting it. So I need more podcasters. I need more TV stars. I need more authors. I need more speakers. I need more coaches and trainers. And I need more businesses that want to do that as well. So that's the biggest thing that we're doing. And, and you can reach me. Yeah, right, just Jeff at, C, Jeff at c-suitenetwork.com. Perfect. And then the website itself? Uh, well, C-Suite Network. C-Suite. You can look up anything with C-Suite and you will find the C-Suite Network. We're, we typically are always in the top three of the searches because we've just been around and we've done such a good job. So just type in and, and the content is just growing and growing, growing. It, it's and, just and, I'm, huge, and, I'm, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Big thanks to Jeffrey Hazlett being you're a with superstar. us here today. Thank you, my friend. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Customer Experience Advantage Morning Huddle. 
Listen, some of your most innovative solutions to your biggest customer facing challenges are likely found within the creative minds of your own people. I know Jeffrey, Jeffrey agrees with that. How do we get our people talking, right? I will help you lead a weekly morning huddle conversation with your team. You can learn more about membership in this powerful global initiative by visiting customerexperienceadvantage.com. All of my books are available and Jeffrey's books are available on Amazon, including the acclaimed Why Customers Leave and How to Win Them Back in my new book, is called The Morning Huddle. Find that on Amazon as well. Uh, be sure to click to like this podcast, subscribe, leave your comments below and click the little bell icon to receive notifications of new episodes. And you can learn more about my keynote speaking, my consulting at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning into the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. Check out past episodes, leave a comment. Big thanks to my guest, guest Jeffrey Hazlett. I'm David Averin. Be good. This has been the Customer Experience Advantage podcast with David Averin. Feel free to leave a comment and be sure to hit the thumbs up button. You can listen to past episodes and be notified of future ones by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. David's popular marketing and customer experience books are available in print as well as Kindle and audiobook and published in multiple languages around the world. You can stay connected and learn more at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.